Are you ready to take lead in your life? Well, today's the day. Join us on Leadership to Wealth with your host, Neil D'Souza. Right, uh, welcome to the show. Good to have you uh, on the Leadership to Wealth podcast. Uh, Mandy, uh, our guest today, Mandy Branham. How are you doing today? I'm good, Neil. Thanks for having me. Thank, <laughs> Thank you for doing this show. I'm excited to uh, to have you uh, put this out there for the world. Oh well, you know, I I have to say uh, thank you for joining me on this uh, conversation. In this conversation. Um, for personal leadership, right? Taking taking leadership in our own lives, and uh, and that leading to wealth, right? And so, hence the name, leadership to wealth, because it really starts there. And and I loved our conversation that we had uh, on the phone last week. It was, I think, we were supposed to talk for a couple of minutes, and we might as well have done an entire interview. Uh, but now we get to share this interview with everybody else, and so. I'm, so glad to be able to uh, have you on and be able to to share your wisdom uh, with with the viewers and with the world. Perfect, perfect. I look forward to it. When conversations so, can flow that easily, you know darn well that it uh, the value is there to be able to share with everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, okay. So here's what I've got. I've got uh, for for Mandy. I've got CEO and owner of Solutions Driven, a real estate company. Wife, mother of two. Um, community supporter, uh, public speaker, um, uh, and you have your own show as well, which I've just found out. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, uh, so how many? How many other things did I miss? Uh, well, uh, you, you can kind of go on. I'm a, I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. Um, I'm a volunteer in my community. Uh, we own a couple businesses, so uh, supportive okay. wife, uh, you know, uh, yes, so I could probably be a counselor sometimes to my friends, good friend, things like that. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And I love wealth. I love creating. I am, uh, I am driven by uh, generating leadership through wealth, for sure. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Um, okay, so first question, I, just to, uh, sorry, before we get to the first question, I have some rapid fire questions for you for it. Just, to, just to start us off and uh, yes or no, or whatever, whatever comes to you for these questions. So um, Mandy, I, I make friends easily. Yes. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> I have a vivid imagination. Yes. I worry about things. No. I love large parties. No. No. Um, would you choose fancy dress, fancy shoes, or fancy something else? Fancy something else. Are you going to let us in on what that would be? Uh, fancy vacation, Ooh. fancy condo, oh. fancy house, definitely. Nice, nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, solve complex problems. Or sweep the deck at a cottage. I solve complex problems while sweeping decks at the cottage. Well, we already identified that you're a mother, so we know you have that qualification. <laughs> 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 Sweeping uh, favorite, is therapeutic. <laughs> yeah. Favorite hobby or uh, favorite sport? 
Uh, CrossFit. CrossFit. Okay. And favorite book? Think and Grow Rich. Read it again. Um, a place in the world you'd like to visit? Mm, Italy. And um, do you have or what do you see as your superpower? Um, my visions, my, my uh, solid visions of where I'm going and what I can, where I'm going to be in the world. Okay. Just and I'm a darn good listener too. When I want to be. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, great. Uh, so uh, obviously those just to kind of get us into it. And, um, and in truth, I'm also doing something. I, I am starting to ask these questions of, of my guests because I want to see what kind of commonalities come out of it or what, what type of interesting things we might learn uh, from uh, overachievers or high achievers like yourself. <laughs> so I'd, lo I'd love to uh, see what comes out of that as, as I go down this road and learning about leaders uh, like yourself. And so uh, just for people to start to get to know you, where, uh, where are you from originally? And, you know, like, where'd you grow up? And uh, yeah, just a little so bit of background. In a small town uh, near North Bay, Ontario, called South River. Uh, you have to drive through South River going from Toronto to North Bay. So there's a lot of people that, that did have to drive by it. Now there's a highway that goes around it, so you don't really even get into the town. Um, I have an older brother and a younger brother. My parents are still married. Uh, we went on you know, Disney vacations and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, uh, I had my first job young. I, I broke my neck when I was 13. Okay. And there was a lot of, uh, you know, get up and go, like, why am I laying here? And when, when I got out of the hospital for the first time, I cut the grass. And, like, I still vividly remember cutting the grass with this halo on. And, and all I just needed to do was move. Like, I was, I'm a very, like, active person. You know, somebody described me as an adult version of somebody that had ADHD. And I'm like, well, good. That means that all those kids that can't sit still can turn out like me. They'll be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and so just had this, like, just needed to keep moving and, and always be doing something different. So I was a really active kid, soccer, figure skating, um, bike riding all the time. So I broke my neck. I, you know, I, I feel that the universe was just asking me to kind of have some alone time, just a bit of a break from, from the direction of some of the friends that I might have been following or doing things with. Um, I've, and, and I've always been somebody that if I wanted it done, I would do it myself. If I wanted it done, I would figure out a way to be able to enlist the help of people to be able to get it done. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so always had piles of money uh, from yard sales or things that I would, you know, babysitting money. And I just kept counting the money and I had American money and Canadian money. And I can't say I had, you know, a ton of money, but it was always enough just there so that when I bought my first pair of Doc Martens, you remember Doc Martens, yes. right? like $150 back then. And uh, my dad was like, you're crazy. And my mom would support me and say like, she's been saving for this. Like it's her money. Yeah. And so I would, I was very, I always had the delayed gratification for purchases because I knew how darn hard I had to work to get it. And so, um, so things just kept going like that, the delayed gratification, um, saving a lot of money, being very savvy, 
Um, but then, you know, uh, I'm married. I've been married for 18 years. Uh, we have a 17 year old and 15 year old. And, um, and we got so far in our life. Um, and then 2008 happened. We were doing well. Like you would have asked us, we would have said, we're doing really well. Yeah. We had a house. We'd moved into a new house. Um, wait, we, wait, wait. I want to, I want to stop you for a second. I want, yeah. I want to come to this, but you said something that, um, I thought was really interesting. Um, you talked about delayed gratification and, um, but, but how did you, how did you get that at such a young age? I mean, yeah, you worked hard, but come on, what, what kid really realizes that? I don't think I realized it until later on in life. I kind of, there was a point in my life that I started to go, well, who, why am I who I am? Yeah. And not questioning why I am who I am because I don't want to change who I am, right? So I'm sharing that with a lot of people. Like, I, I just said, this is who I am. Where did this come from or how long has this trait been around? Yeah. And so I am this frugal person. I am somebody who works really hard and thinks 10 times before I buy something. So I have, and when I, when I trace back the trait of delayed gratification, I've had it for so long. Mm -hmm. And you know why? I'm not sure. Do you remember? Um, I used to pick berries all the time, you know, like the wild berries that would come out. Okay. And I remember like when it was blueberry season, like I would watch those blueberry bushes until, you know, from, from nothing to bloom till they had the white little blueberries on them until I could finally pick them. Yeah. And I think there's something about, you know, nature that allows us to have that when raspberries are blooming, eat the raspberries. Don't go and want to buy chocolate. You need to eat the raspberries. When the blueberries are there, they work so hard. You can't have them in September and you can't have them in, in February. You need to eat them when they're there. Yeah. Um, and so like this, yeah, I just kind of traced it back and, and realized that that was one of the traits that I've had for a very long time. Wow. Okay. Um, okay. So you, you've, your family had these bushes at home and in the, they were just wild blueberry bushes. But okay. I nice. remember just like watching over them like a hawk to wow. say like, when are they going to blossom? Yeah. And so that I can pick them and then, you know, make my, my, my blueberry pancakes, my blueberry muffins. Wow. It was like something that I was looking forward to all year. Wow. That's, that's so interesting that, um, you know, some, something as simple as, blueberry bushes that were just growing would develop something like that in you right and yeah yeah uh, who knows what what uh people have that that might represent that for them in their own life right maybe you know if you grew up in toronto you might not have blueberry bushes right it, be, uh, it was something else right but um but that's interesting that you developed that at a very young age um mm -hmm. that that's awesome and and so then sorry you now now let's come forward you went from that uh school and then you went into yeah you know i kind of sometimes i jump over my college university because you know oh. there's a lot of people that uh you know i don't have a uh how would i say it this way I've, I've started to reframe it to be able to say i have a phd in results i didn't get that from a certain institution right. um but uh so i went to university dropped out went traveled to new zealand and australia came back, you know, focused as, as anything, went to Georgian college, met my husband, the love of my life, 
didn't finish my college. So I'm actually, you know, a successful college university dropout. Yeah. Um, you know, nothing higher than a, than a high school diploma. Mm -hmm. Although I, I, I do a lot of self-education still right now. So, mm -hmm. um, so, you know, there we are 2007 and we, you know, we wanted more for our own financial future than we were realizing we were getting out of following the norm. So we bought our first rental property, nothing too crazy about it. Um, seven years later, I refinanced it and I had a check in my hand for $38,000. I was like, oh my gosh, one property, like this is cool. But then I thought like this is supposed to be to supplement my retirement my husband's retirement, our two children's education, you know, weddings and vacations. I'm like, one property is not going to be enough. Yeah. And, um, and it was also just a time that I realized that Larry and I are hard workers and we wanted to be able to make sure that we, what's an industry we could get direct results out of the effort that we put in. Mm -hmm. uh, I worked in a dental office uh, for, you know, years when my children were young. So it could be part time and, you know, it was a clean environment. It was a, you know, uh, it was a very, it did us well. Um, and, uh, uh, but you know, you'd say to them, Hey, why don't we change something? They're like, no, Mandy, no, no, we don't need to change. Keep everything the same. Yeah. Um, so I wanted an environment where, where the effort that I put in was directly related to the results that I got out. And that's what brought us into, you know, investing into real estate. Wow. Okay. Um, and, and so this was, you had this rental property that you got and when did you get that rental property we got that first property in 2007 exactly. and our refinance was in 14 so exactly. the other interesting thing that kind of happened you know uh you know a couple years before 2014 was we joined a network marketing company now okay. maybe many of you are kind of going what where how does a network marketing kind of company come into this but it was the first time that we were exposed to Think and Grow Rich and, you know, Jim Rohn and Darren Hardy, Success Magazine. And we turned our car. So in 2012, when we joined that network marketing company, we turned our car into a university on wheels. Right. And we started to listen to, you know, Sarah Blakey and, and um, uh, Mr. Dyer, Dwyer there, Wayne Dyer. And, you know, you're, you're just all these different books and people. I was like, where has this been our whole life, mm -hmm. right? Um, and one of the quotes that I still say to this day, often almost everybody is work harder on yourself than you do on your job, whatever your job might be. Meaning how can I become a better person, a better listener, uh, a better communicator? How can I get better meditation, walking, running, jogging, health factors, you know, just social factors. How can I be a better person? Mm -hmm. Um, and just because most of the time when you think about education, you're like, oh, I took this course. I got a, you know, I got a new certificate for work. I have to go get recertified. You're like, that's great, but that's for your job. What are you doing for you? Um, and so that's, that was an unlocking for us uh, that work harder on yourself than you do on your job. And so la 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 long comes real estate and we're like we can put ourselves into this we can we know that the the direct risk that we put in or the perceived risk whatever people however people want to look at it mm -hmm. uh was going to be directly related to the results that we bought and so, and so what was the instigator to to buy that first rent uh rental property i mean oh that first property 
I just want, I wanted a rental property. Uh, Larry kind of, you know, said no, 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 no. And then one day um, I just, you know, I said, here's a, so he gave me a list of criteria that if I find a property that met his criteria, he would be open to hearing about it. Okay. And, uh, and I found it. We still yeah. own it to this day. And um, um, so we bought this rental property. We used a sec, we put a second mortgage on our primary res for the down payment. And then all the expenses from that property were covered. So it didn't cost us anything. Yeah. Uh, and all we had to do was manage it. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, but where did, where did the idea for rental properties come from? I mean, uh, blueberries, save your money. Yeah. Rental property. Yeah. So, you know, it, um, something property. I, something I use, you know, you ever seen somebody that drives by in a Lamborghini or a, or mm -hmm. a Bugatti? What do you think to yourself when you see that car? um no that's nice okay unless the color unless the color is terrible right. in which case then i pick other things i i've always thought i wonder what they do to make their money mm. okay yeah and uh you know being able to like so the vision would be to sit in the asset sit in that car with that person and be like what did you do what do you do where do you get your money and how can I learn how you can get your money? So, you know, some people would be like, oh, must be nice, you know, whatever. I say, if they can do it, so can I. I just need to ask them the right questions to figure out if I'm on the right path. Mm -hmm. So when I was like 16, um, we had a figure skating coach and she owned a hardware store and her husband owned a gas station and they had rental properties and they went on vacations and their daughter you know, who's a little older than me, she got a convertible and I was like, what do they do? And I need to know what they do. So they had a younger daughter. And so some of them went away on vacation, but the younger daughter couldn't, and they needed somebody to be able to drive a vehicle and watch her. Mm -hmm. So they asked me to stay at their house with their younger daughter to mm -hmm. drive her around to all of her activities that she needed to do while they were gone away. Yeah. So I got to live in their house. I got to, you know, she left me money. She left me keys to the car. Um, and, 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 you know, so it was like this sense of this is what their lifestyle was. Yeah. And, and I liked it a lot and I liked it a lot. And so I was like, how can I do this? And I was like, well, they own a business. Mm -hmm. So they're hardworking. They were always, you know, at work or, you know, or with their girls. Like, so it was um, very clear that their work ethic was crazy, but her business had been generationally passed down as well. Mm. So now you're starting to look at, okay, you know, yes, there's instant millionaires like Zuckerberg or something, right. Or instant yeah. billionaires, but what are his children going to be doing? And, you know, yeah. So that, and that's not how all businesses have started is just, you know, in that first generation started off. So yeah, I've, I've always had this innate um, view of wealth and wondering who has it, how do I get it? Um, let me ask them some good questions. You know, something I, I share with people is the quality of your life is based on the quality of questions that you ask. So instead of just saying, oh, must be nice, that's not a, that's not a question at all. You're not even asking a question. So the universe isn't giving you any answers because you're just like, you're just making a statement. Um, and so you can say, Hey, I wonder what that gentleman does. I wonder how he gets his wealth. I wonder, you know, um, you know, how other people are able to have a lifestyle like this. Well, that's a good quality question because now you can, now the universe is starting to create and generate you to have the answers for that. Yeah. Wow. That, that is, uh, that is really powerful. It's interesting uh, when you asked the question about the car and I thought, um, I don't normally think about it how 
what do they do? But that is a very powerful question. Mm -hmm. Mind you, most of the time, if I ever see a car, it's usually uh, a Lamborghini or something like that. It's usually someone flying down the 401 yeah. or something like that. Um, yep. But, uh, and, and then you think, uh, uh, you think other things, but because <laughs> he's... Well, so we uh, vacationed last summer in a, a place, uh, Severn, uh, called Gloucester Pool. It's in okay. uh, Port Severn. And um, there's helicopters uh, that go over on Friday nights. Yeah. And I call them the, you know, the billionaire helicopters going to their mm -hmm. cottages, right? Yeah. And so, you know, you just kind of realize that there's a certain amount of wealth that you don't yeah. have to worry about traffic on the 400 on a Friday yeah. afternoon. Yeah. Because there's no traffic in the sky. So then you're like, how do I, what did they do to get there? And yeah. how can I continue to generate my wealth to be able to get there as well? I like, I'm not sitting here driven by money to be like, oh, I'm a little, I'm a little Scrooge and I'm hoarding money. But it's yeah. really cool to start to awaken. I call it like my wealth awareness. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm questioning, you know, how do I continue to grow my wealth awareness? So I, I mentioned to a friend last week that, you know, I had a couple instances and she was like, what do you, how, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, I'm taking a, an apartment building course right now on how to, how to develop apartment buildings. Mm -hmm. It's brilliant. And, you know, the case study that we had was a hundred and uh, 270 units, yeah. $112 million build. Like usually we're talking, you know, we just keep our numbers small so that we can all understand them. Well, screw that. I want to understand $112 million. I want to be able to say 112 the same way that I say 112 million, right? It's just, it's just zeros there. We're just adding zeros on the back. So, um, so that was one way that I had increased my wealth awareness. And then there was another one I was chatting with a friend and uh, she'd indicated that her father had lost Fifty million dollars in the stock market in March, mm -hmm. just like that. Yeah, right. Th that so that to me raises my wealth awareness because most people would be like, that's ridiculous. Why would he do that?" And the point being is that his wealth is probably that that's ten percent of it. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Like he's as much as you have a hundred bucks that fall out of your pocket. And you're like, "Damn, that's yeah. dumb." Yeah, he, you know he's probably thinking the same thing. So, you know, you just, those kind of awarenesses of, of larger amounts of money are a great way for you to be able to raise your wealth awareness. So here's one that takes you backwards. Mm -hmm. If you ever hear somebody that says, oh, I was on the phone for Rogers for two hours. And you're like, what were you on the phone for? They tried to raise my bill by $5. And I just go, uh, I don't think that's a very good use of my time. And if somebody's going to charge me $5 more, I need to figure out a way to make 10 times that. So that $5 becomes that like 50 million to that guy. Right. Yeah. So, um, Grant Cardone discusses a lot that people spend, uh, 95% uh, of their time saying, how do I reduce my expenses? So if this is their income, how do I reduce my expenses? Right. Can I turn my lights off? Can I have a shorter shower, have cold showers, eat leftovers, like all these kind of things to try and keep your, reduce your expenses, spend two hours on the phone with Rogers. That's one. Mm -hmm. And only 5% of the population says, how do I make more money? Yeah. So I'm a, how do I make more money? Yeah. How do I make more money? And not in a greedy kind of way, but in a way to that be able to say like, 
How can I serve, find a way to help the many, for service to many leads to greatness, said Zig Ziglar. And so you're just trying to figure out a way to help more people, which raises your income. But you have to not focus on the 95% of the time trying to reduce your expenses. Mm -hmm. You're not going to spend those two hours on the phone with Rogers at the same time as you could be analyzing deals or listening to some great podcasts. Maybe you can be on hold and listening to a podcast at the same time. That would be a good use of your time. But um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that was a whole bunch of things there. I mean, some of the things that yeah, some of the things that just uh, jumped out at me were just the consciousness and the awareness of of money, of wealth, and you know, because we're so many times we can be taught that uh, it's not something to uh, to look at. It's not something to talk about. There, there's all of these unsaid rule sometimes they're said sometimes they're unsaid you know you don't ask this question that's um, right you know you you don't dare ask someone what do they do um you know how did they get that i mean that's that would be rude but even to start bringing yourself there opens up a whole world of possibilities I, i'm sitting here thinking the next time i see a helicopter go over my head i'm gonna st start wondering who's uh, whose helicopter that is and right. uh, who buys the who buys the penthouses yeah yeah i think that's a great thing to be able to know because yeah. then you're like you know here we are worried about you know how do i afford a condo on the 15th floor and i go who's buying the penthouses because i want to know how they are able to pay for a penthouse who are these people where are they what are they doing um yeah yeah well it's interesting because i was uh, I guess just back um, uh, in, at Christmas time, and I was having a conversation with uh, with some people, and they were asking about business, and I just started, you, you know, talking a little bit about it, and I just happened to be mentioning about some deals, and I was talking in the millions. Yeah. Then I caught myself, and I realized, oh, I I just threw that number out in this group as as a normal part of my business, normal part of my day. And, uh, but I realized that a number of the people that were there are not used to that number. And, um, and then you realize, well, I, for me, I, I actually felt bad in that, in that scenario because, well, don't feel bad. I, you know, because I had thrown it out like that and I, and I apologize and they said, no, 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 it's great. We want to hear about it. And so then I, I thought, Oh, that's good. But from what I'm hearing you saying, I'm thinking, yeah, that we need to have more of that consciousness and awareness of it. Uh, or for me, I need to have that awareness of it. And um, I think that's a, a great point that you bring up. Yeah, you know, no, create, a, create an environment where you can have these conversations so yeah. that, you know, um, I was at the cottage last year as a family gathering and um, this one girl was talking real estate and my nephew was like, stop, if you need to talk real estate, you need to talk to Auntie M. That's it. Don't ask anybody else those questions. You just need to talk to her. And yeah. I thought that's cool because there are times that I want to be quiet because, you know, what I really like to talk about is real estate and wealth and growth right. and goal setting and, you know, stuff like that. And if somebody's not into that and they're talking about some show that they're watching on Netflix and whatnot, no, don't get me wrong. I've watched shows on Netflix. So like, right. we all have our stuff, but that's just not where my conversation likes to go. So I sometimes go quiet. 
Mm-hmm. And people will think, you know, in, 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 you know, many people go, how can you be quiet? And I said, well, I'm quiet when I'm in an environment where people don't want to know the real me. Uh, but when I am in that environment, I definitely talk. And, and it, so you, uh, so because he was like, Auntie M, you need to go talk to her. She's the only one that can talk about real estate. It's also a place where people now call me and they're like, hey, Mandy, we're looking at buying a new house. Again, I'm not a real estate agent, right? Yeah. So there's no like dollars and sign commission if somebody has to ask me a question. But they're like, what would you do with this house that we currently own? I said, great question. Thank you. And I'm happy to be able to share with you. And I also sometimes lead with disclaimers a little bit. Like I, I'll ask questions. Is it okay if I share my thoughts on this thing right now? Okay. Because I want to make sure that somebody is okay with me giving my feedback and by them just acknowledging that they've accepted my opinion or my thought process um it it's uh they're a little bit more open to it you know so you know um what's one there was a gentleman the other day that said uh oh his real estate agent is you know not focused very much and not able to find him a lot of good deals right now and and i i wrote down i said you know um, or I actually had responded and I said, no problem. You know, I've had to graduate from real estate agents as well. You know, that, you know, they were a great agent for you and then you grew past them. Right. It's a sign of growth and, you know, to some degree, congratulations. Well, he gave me this sob story about how his, it's actually a really close friend of his and, you know, he doesn't know how to kind of get him turned on. He's really ready to buy some more assets, but his friend, real estate agent has a lot going on in his life. So of course there's this big response that's coming to my head. And I was like, I don't know if this guy is ready for this. So I said, permission to speak freely and give you my response. And he said, yes, please. I would love it. I was like, like, leave your friend. He's not a friend. If he's holding you back from your goals, you are more worried about him than you are about yourself. I want you to put yourself first, put your own oxygen mask on first. If you want to buy real estate, don't give me, he's your excuse for not doing it. That's like saying, Oh, you know, my husband has a sore knee. That's why I'm not able to jog. What? Yeah. That's stupid. You know, like, that's just, you know, so it sounds silly when you say it that way, but, you know, you're like, well, you know, it's my friend and he's my real estate agent, so I really have to wait for him. Yeah, no, no, it doesn't. So, so I lead with that disclaimer a lot, you know, like, is it okay if I share my opinion? Just so that I make sure people are, you know, okay with it. Um, or like, or just asking them, can I ask you a few more questions to be able to, you know, give you my full outlook on the situation? Just so I, you know, I'm not, they see that I'm not just giving a surface level, you know, opinion, um, that I'm actually collecting the right data to be able to, you know, give them a, a few more perspectives. And a lot of times, keep in mind, when you're, when somebody wants change, that change is not comfortable on the other side. Oh, I'd like to be financially free. No problem. Yeah. I'm just going to ask you super nicely not to eat out every night of the week. Uh, I'm going to ask you to put away your credit card and take it off of your Amazon Prime account and like just little things. And, and, and that's a great step to be able to get into financial freedom. And, and if they go, what? I'm never taking my credit card. Okay, fine. Like you're obviously not there yet uh, because the other things that I was going to ask you to do would get really difficult. So if surface level stuff is difficult for people to take, um, you know, they're not going to go deep for you. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. So I, I've got to ask the question because you brought it up a couple of times. So then wealth, uh, yeah. because you you love getting into it, love leaning into it. And what what is that? 
to you? What does that mean to you? And when you freedom. think about it, freedom to do what I want, when I want, with who I want, and where I want, mm. and nothing that's a financial reason for me to ever choose not to do it. Mm. So, I mean, it could be a simple life. You know, I, I'd like a, I, I want a cottage. I want a beautiful cottage. Uh, I want a dock and a beach at my cottage. Um, I want a helicopter. I want it like I, if I choose to want a helicopter, I want to be able to ride in a helicopter. I can see myself in a, you know, a tall office in Toronto overseeing, you know, the uh, overseeing the city. But when I'm up there, I'm in a boardroom and I am speaking to project managers about, you know, the latest development that we're working on. So like, I, like wealth is there. Wealth is freedom, but freedom isn't like the, my perception of retirement is not retirement. I, I want to be able to do, I do what I love. I love what I do and I get paid beautifully to do it. That's what I, I I just want to be able to lead that life. Yeah. I, well, I think that that idea of freedom and retirement is, is a funny thing because a lot of people have bought into this story of, you know, you work for a number of years and then, you're going to be able to be free and, you know, and sit back and, and enjoy your retirement and, uh, and maybe do nothing. And the reality is, is that most people that do retire into that and do nothing don't make it very long because we're, we're creatures that are driven. Right. And, um, and if you enjoy what you do, yeah. You never have to work another day in your life. Yeah. Because work is not work. Work is work is enjoyment. Yeah. Absolutely. So um okay, great. So um wow, there are so many more questions that uh I that I want to ask and I want to get into, but we um now with this new format that we're doing. Yeah. This is the part. Now the next part that I want to that I want us to get into. We're going to move into um, talking about wealth some more, and we're going to talk about specifically some of the things that you do and you teach. Um, so let's get into that portion now. Okay, guys, that's the end of the first part of the interview. There's a whole lot more still to come in part two, so I want you to join me over there. Now, before you do, please, if you could take a moment to just give us some feedback on the interview, on your thoughts, how you like it, we really appreciate it so much and we really want to make sure that we continue to improve the product that we provide to you here at Leadership to Wealth. So if you can do that, don't forget to like and follow and we'll see you over in part two.